At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a silver linings edition of the HHC. Hornets falling to the New Orleans Pelicans 112-107 last night. We'll break that one down. It's also a game day edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Charlotte will square off against the Philadelphia 76ers tonight, and we'll have a game preview for that one. Helping me on all the topics that we normally cover on both a game day and a recap day of the HHC. He's my producer on the Hornets Radio Network as well as the producer of this fine podcast, Rob Longo, here with us once again. Rob, always good to see you and we got to get right to it because this is a busy edition. Uh, Hornets falling to the New Orleans Pelicans 112-107 to on the bright side despite all all of the injuries and absences, deep breath as I list them. No P.J. Washington, no Mark Williams, no Cody Martin, no Frank Nilakina. Am I missing something? Oh, no LaMelo Ball. Duh. No LaMelo Ball. Uh, there's a lot of guys out right now for the Hornets, and it has really hammered the bench to the point that Charlotte made a new addition, Nate Mensa being added as a two-way contract, the team electing to waive Teo Maladon. More on that later on here in the show. Uh, and he was immediately plugged in and played almost 13 minutes on the floor. So this team is really, really shorthanded, and yet they continue to persevere. They had the game tied after three quarters. Quarters. They had it to be a one-possession game late in the contest. Just come up a little short, falling 112-107 to against a very big Pelicans team. Two stats that really stand out. One, rebounding, huge edge to the Pelicans. Not a shot considering they have Jonas Valanciunas and Zion Williamson, and the Hornets did not have P.J. Washington or Mark Williams. The other one, the bench scoring. That one has really been a big one the last couple of games. Pelicans finished with 24 points off the bench. Charlotte only nine, seven of which came from Bryce McGowan's. Uh, five of those came from free throws. It's great that you're scoring from the line or scoring somewhere, but the fact that the Hornets got almost no field goals from the bench, whereas the Pelicans are getting steady contributions from a couple of guys, uh, that really stood out to me. But your thoughts here on this contest that the Hornets fall short in, their fifth loss in their last six games and their seventh loss in their last nine. The thing that stands out to me the most after the game last night is I think the beginning of the fourth quarter. Hornets had it tied. It was tied at 76 going into the fourth frame and then Nate Mensa picks up his fifth foul at the 950 mark. Nick Richards comes in to replace Nathan Mensa. He picks up his fifth foul at the 847 mark. So then Nathan Mensa comes back in. At this point, it's 86-82 New Orleans, by the way. Nathan Mensa comes in literally three seconds later, picks up his sixth foul, and ends up fouling out of the game. So I think that was a big turning point just because the Hornets had to end up going somewhat small in the lineup. JT Thor came in. Miles Bridges came in. They tried to balance everything. Good on Nick Richards, though. I know we'll get into our silver linings here in a few, but good on Nick Richards to not foul out of that game last night somehow. Was able to persevere with those five fouls for the last, what, eight and a half minutes or so. So, again, a lot of has 
had to ride on the shoulders of Nick Richards, especially in the front court here over the last couple of games with Mark Williams being hurt and the addition of P.J. Washington being hurt, even though it's basically been two games that P.J.'s been hurt because he only played four minutes in the game Wednesday in Miami. But at any rate... I mean, this was just kind of a bad matchup for the Hornets. When you have so many guys injured, that's one thing. When you have guys that are injured in the front court, when you're going up against Zion Williamson and Jonas Valanciunas, that's another thing. But when you look at the way or the body of work, I guess, that the Hornets did yesterday, yeah, it's a five-point loss. Jonas Valanciunas was only a plus four and a plus minus. Zion Williamson, in fact, was a minus one and a plus minus. So for as much as they did, again, Valanciunas ends up going for 29 points, 13 boards, four of those on the offensive glass. For everything that he did, the Hornets were basically still hanging neck and neck with them. So I just thought that if the Hornets were able to just stay out of foul trouble at the big spot, and I know that's difficult because of Zion, because of Jonas, because of those guys... If they were just able to just clean it up a little bit more, or even if you have one of those guys in there, whether it's P.J. Washington or Mark Williams, who might be talking about a Hornets win rather than a loss, because neither team shot the ball well from beyond the arc. Neither team really shot the ball well in general, but the Hornets were able to hang in there, and they hung tough, and they persevered, despite being down basically the entire second half until the last couple moments of the third quarter. They were able to take that lead, ended up being tied going into the fourth, and then they get outscored by five there in that final frame. That's obviously the difference in a 112-107 loss, but again, they just persevered. You could tell the energy there was there, the effort was there, and they just didn't have enough to get it across the finish line, unfortunately. Yeah, the Hornets are never lacking for a fight. You're right to point out shooting wasn't great for either side. Both teams below 50% from the floor, both teams below 35% from distance. Uh, the foul disparity, that's another stat that stands out. The Pelicans attempting 32 free throws, and yes, quite a few down the stretch were intentional fouls, but not the 11 free throw gap, and sometimes the team that's more aggressive uh, and bigger sometimes can use their size and their savvy to their advantage. That definitely is Jonas Valanciunas, who finishes with a season-high 29 points, plus 13 rebounds for a double-double. Also, Zion Williamson, 21 points, 11 boards. He had a double-double in his return to the Carolinas. One other thing, and it kind of piggybacks on what you were talking about, and that's the fight displayed by this Hornets team, and it has a lot to do with the, the leader right now, Terry Rozier. Not that the other leader previously, before Terry Rozier was hurt and LaMelo Ball was obviously off to an otherworldly start and, and really playing extremely well. But you look to the early portion of the season, uh, the, those first, I would say, 11 losses. So let's, let's go through uh, October, November. Charlotte ended up taking 11 losses. Nine of them were by three or more possessions. Only two were relatively close games that the Hornets uh, fell short in. Lately, obviously, the losses have stacked up. The absence of LaMelo Ball, recently the absence of Mark Williams as well, P.J. Washington as of late. I mean, they're, they're really adding up here, all these significant absences. But Charlotte's still in the fight. Three of the five losses in the month of December have been two possession games, which means you're right there. You're, you know, you're intentionally fouling and they make a free throw and it takes a one possession game, switches it to two. Uh, but overall, Charlotte is really displaying a lot of moxie, a lot of courage. Uh, they just never stop. They keep pounding is the mantra is in Charlotte. They definitely accentuate that. Hopefully, as they get healthier, they can turn some of these L's into W's. They need to because right now at seven and 16, I mentioned it on the broadcast. They're not necessarily out of the pool they were 
in already, which is chasing the 10th spot. Uh, there's about a group of four teams that are within two, three games of each other, but the Hornets are at the bottom end of that, and they're the only ones who are that far back in the win column. They do have more games to play, but you kind of have to take advantage of that extra room for W's by picking them up. Hopefully that will come in short order. Hornets fall 112 to 107. We've got silver linings to select. A lot of choices. Rob Longo, four players finishing in double figures. Where would you like to begin? Well, for me, I think I got to take the obvious way out, the easy answer, and that is the one and only Terry Rozier. Miller to Rozier. Rozier, straightaway three. Yes, sir! His first of the game. Terry Rozier drilling a Lowe's three-point shot. And here come the Hornets. Unfortunately, just not able to carry him across the finish line, Terry was, but game-high 30 points, 30th 30-point game in his Hornets career. Two of his last three games, he scored 30 or more. Took him a while to get shooting, 11-25 from the field, 4-11 of 11 beyond the arc, perfect at the free-throw line, 4-4, four for four, 4 rebounds, 6 assists, assist numbers down a little bit for Terry, but 14 of his 30 coming in the third quarter alone, which is really what willed the Hornets back into this ball game there as they were able to take that slight lead that I talked about and then ended up being tied going into the fourth quarter, but I'm starting to run out of adjectives for what Terry Rozier has meant for this team, especially in the absence of LaMelo Ball, because without him, I don't know where this team would be right now. I know it's coming in losses, but they're very close games. They are games that could literally go either way, it feels like, a lot of these times in these single-digit losses, but without him, I don't know where this Hornets team would be. Agreed. 30-point performance, once again, his seventh straight game of 20 or more. Uh, 30th 30-point performance as a member of the Charlotte Hornets, as you mentioned. Great pick. Uh, but that wouldn't have been my number one necessarily this day. I know he played really well, but I wanted to give a cap tip to Nick Richards as my star of the night. Hayward into the paint. Off the contact. Nick Richards with the slam. I don't know if that was a lob. But I'm going to count it as one. Hayward deserves an assist. And Richards has a Dr. Pepper Duncan. Boy, that was the full two liters. Richards ends up with a season-high 16 points, also added in six rebounds. Uh, Did pick up five fouls battling with Jonas Valanciunas. But the the shooting, very impressive. Seven for seven from the floor. Yes, some of it's dunks. Those are easier, especially when you're seven feet tall. But big bodies in the middle to try and contend with. And he was finishing at obviously an extremely high rate, the highest possible. Also two for two at the line. And most telling, in his 30 minutes on the floor, he's a plus six in the plus minus. Now, not all those minutes line up with Jonas Valanciunas, but that's pretty telling. Best plus minus of anyone in the starting lineup. Nick Richards had some really strong runs out there. A couple of cap tips for you. Miles Bridges with his fourth double-double of the season, 27 points and 10 rebounds. He also knocks down a three for the 13th consecutive game, 13 out of 13 for him in terms of games with a triple this season. And also Brandon Miller, 16 points, four boards, three assists, another solid night at the office, seven of 16 from the floor, two for five from beyond the arc. Hornets do fall short. Final score, 112 to 107. Hornets record now has fallen to seven and 16. They are still again within three games of a postseason position and there's 50 59 games left to play, so a lot of time. Health would certainly do the Hornets some good, uh, but they do need to try and find some wins. They'll have another opportunity today. They'll take on the Philadelphia 76ers. We will get you a game preview. But coming up next, we want to talk about a new addition to the Hornets roster. He had some big moments in last night's game. We'll talk about him next here on the Hornets Hivecast. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Sam Farber, Rob Longo here with you on the HHC. The Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Sam Farber, Rob Longo here with you. Rob, the Hornets made a move or a pair of moves, a kind of joined moves uh, in the last now, 48 hours, uh, the team electing to waive two-way guard Teo Maladon. It was his second season being part of the Hornets. Both of them were on two-way contracts. Ends up with 57 games, eight starts, which shows a little bit of the attrition the Hornets took. Not that Teo Maladon is not capable of starting an NBA game. He had, quite frankly, quite a few times in his first two seasons in the NBA with the Oklahoma City Thunder. But you don't expect a player on a two-way contract to need to start multiple games on a season that shows how many uh, how much the absence of LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier and others was felt and that sustained absence even more so over these last two seasons but all that being said uh, some really solid contributions he averages six points and three assists per game in 18 minutes over his time with Charlotte I personally think there's a good chance that he finds a home still in the NBA uh, he's uh, born in France at a great overseas career in terms of his youth and was a fairly high draft pick. He was 34th overall in the 2020 draft, uh, eventually traded on draft night to the Thunder. There was a lot of thought when he was selected that he could be like a dark horse rookie of the year because the Thunder at the time had so many minutes to give out and he was a pretty talented rookie coming in. Uh, certainly shown some things, but unfortunately now with the Hornets' current roster situation and their injuries, they elected to make this move. Yeah, and we wish Teo nothing but the best, obviously, and it feels kind of bad. I feel bad for Teo just because he feels like he's been the odd man out here now, both at Oklahoma City and in Charlotte, just fell out of the rotation here and just has a lot of skill sets that other players on this roster already have. You look at the depth chart a little bit, Ish Smith brought in as that veteran presence. Teo just doesn't have that right now. He's still young. I mean, he just turned 21 not that long ago. You got other guys in there like Nick Smith Jr. that are available, James Booknight as well. When LaMelo Ball comes back, obviously he's going to be the head honcho in the backcourt as well. So, again, just kind of no room at the end here situation. There's so many guards on this roster, and the Hornets, unfortunately, have become so thin in the front court because of the injuries to Mark Williams and P.J. Washington. Somebody had to step up there in that role a little bit. So the biggest thing that makes sense there is just getting rid of that two-way contract, getting another two-way deal in here, and Nathan Mentz is able to fill that role, was in here in training camp, was able to at least compete for a roster spot, so was up in Greensboro with the Swarm. He knows the system. It was kind of a plug in place here. Oh, by the way, you're getting signed, and then tomorrow you're taking your talent south to Charlotte, and you're going to end up playing a good bit of minutes. So, again, just a lot of moving parts in the situation, and this is one that I feel like just made a total bunch of sense based off the roster construction. And Nate Mensa, as you mentioned, thrown right into the fire, battling with Jonas Valanciunas. I thought he equipped himself well. He only took one shot. He missed it. It was actually blocked, I believe, by Valanciunas. But he got fouled and went to the line, knocked down both free throws. He pulled in seven rebounds, which was the second highest total on the team behind only Miles Bridges. And look, he's a big body coming in at 6'10", 6'11", there. Uh, He's got some 
experience playing high-level basketball. He's a slightly older player. He's 25. He ended up playing five years of college ball at San Diego State, was twice the Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year, and was part of that Aztecs team that made it all the way to the championship game last season. So really a, a strong player, and he's had some really good numbers for the Greensboro Swarm. 14 games, 14 starts, 10.3 points per game, 8.6 rebounds per game, 2.1 blocks per game in 29 minutes per game. So that's solid production. And right now the Hornets, uh, I don't want to say they just need anybody. They you know do need some larger people to fill in, backfill at that center spot. Uh, Mensa has done the work at the G League to earn the call-up, and he did a lot with it on night one. So uh, great to see him have that great debut with a career high across the board, uh, seven rebounds, two points, and we look forward to seeing what he does next time around. Although, knock on wood, hopefully the Hornets will have some better luck on the injury front heading into tonight's matchup against the Philadelphia 76ers. Speaking of which, Philadelphia is rolling right now. They won last night 124-92 to over the Detroit Pistons, who have now lost how many games in a row is it, Rob? 22. That's a lot. Uh, 22. That's a franchise record for the Pistons, by the way. I would be shocked if it wasn't. That's 22 straight losses for the Pistons. Uh, Philadelphia getting the win, improving to 17-7. and They're solidly in the top four right now in the Eastern Conference. Oh, by the way, it was their second straight game getting to play the Pistons. They've kind of had this run of teams that are at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. Their last three games, Pistons twice and the Wizards once. The combined point differential, you want to give a guess? Combined for the last how many games? Three games. 105. 95. That was close. Not bad. So they're winning by an average of 32 a night, but again, it's against Detroit and Washington who are really, really struggling. That said, Phillies won five in a row. We will give you our game preview for tonight's contest, Hornets versus Sixers. Tickets are available at Hornets.com, by the way. Hope you'll join us at Spectrum Center and hope you'll join us for our game preview segment next on the Hornets Hivecast. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Look, this stretch coming up, counting this game, this starting this week, this next three weeks for us is about as tough as it gets in this league. You know, Philly tomorrow, the two away games against really good teams, and then we got like seven in a row against teams that you could say are, you know, good enough to win it. So, you know, we just got to win enough to hang in there until we can get guys back, you know. But uh, guys are good, but, you know, we have to find a way to win these games or we're going to be, you know, so far behind it's going to be hard. You know, this is... The way the East is, the way the league is right now, it's not going to be easy to go like 12-2 and two or something. I mean, it's, this is as balanced as the league has been, the East has been, uh, I would say, for a long, long time. So you just don't want to get too, too many games under 500. Hornets head coach Steve Clifford, after last night's loss to New Orleans, it dropped Charlotte to 7-16. and 16. That's nine games below 500. They are, again, still within three games 
of a top 10 spot, which is all you need to be to get in the playing tournament. Of course, the Hornets a couple of years ago had an above 500 record and still barely got into the top 10. That doesn't seem like it's going to be the case this year, although it's very early. You'd love to see Charlotte be the team that goes on a run. Uh, and, and quite frankly, even to make the top six, that's not out of the question. They're about six games out of one of those positions with just under 60 games left. That's enough time to make up the gap. Certainly health would help the Hornets, but also just wins anywhere you can find them. And Charlotte's got an opportunity tonight hosting the Philadelphia 76ers. Rob Longo, before we get to our game preview, one thing to note here, both teams are on a back-to-back. Yes, Philadelphia had the much easier time of it hosting the Detroit Pistons, but they are the ones that had to travel on the back-to-back. Hornets got to sleep in their own beds, uh, so that's some added wear and tear here, and, and both teams did play yesterday, so we'll see how the Hornets fare here against a somewhat slightly rested, but somewhat slightly not as much rested Philadelphia 76ers squad. We need players to watch from both teams as well as a stat to watch. Where would you like to begin? Uh, Before I do that, one thing I wanted to mention in our first segment, we were talking about last night's game. Hornets only had eight turnovers in that game. That is tied for a season low. It's happened two other times. Unfortunately, they did come in losses, Dallas and Minnesota. So again, close games in both of those, but just unfortunate that it happened in losses. The other thing too, obviously a cap tip to Nathan Mensah. Did we give him the game ball after scoring this point? <laughs> I had to make that joke. I had to make the joke. If you know, you know, but I won't get into it. Just Google it or just search what happened to the Bucks and Pacers the other night. All right, now that I got that joke out of my system, let's go ahead and get to our game preview. I'm going to go with Sixers player to watch, the obvious one. It's Joel Embiid, MVP for a reason, 35 points, 13 rebounds, four blocks in that game against Detroit the other night. He was 15-16 at the free throw line, 9-19 from the field, so... Eh, okay, average, I guess. I guess from the just from the field in general, two for three though beyond the arc. He's one of those guys that can obviously stretch you out. I think it's one of those things where it's very similar to when you play a guy like Giannis Antetokounmpo, where just try to get him further away from the rim. All things considered, try to let him fall in love with the three a little bit. Let him try to beat you from distance. If he hits his three pointers, God bless it. You deal with it. You tip your cap. You move on to the next game. But Joel Embiid can just be so dominant and. Again, we saw what that looks like last night when Jonas Valanciunas went to work against Nick Richards and Nathan Mensah and all those other guys that were trying to stop him. So Joel Embiid is a completely different animal from Valanciunas. Not quite the same. They're cut from a similar cloth, but still a lot of difference when one guy is the MVP, obviously, in the league last year. So I think that's kind of the easy way out in my sense, to take this one, but we'll see what happens. It would be nice to get some good news on the injury report. We don't know what that injury report's going to look like, but hopefully it's some better news for the Hornets, and that would certainly help in the front court for Charlotte. Uh, No question about it. No no shame at all in taking Joel Embiid. I'll take Tyrese Maxey, who falls into this category of really, really strong player, having a strong season. He's averaging a career-best 26 points per game. He's shooting the ball well overall, but it's scary because his last couple of games – have not been very good. He's averaged 14 points per game in his two contests against Detroit, the, the home road back-to-back that they just played against the Pistons. Combined in those two, he shot 9 of 29 from the field, which is roughly 30%, just a hair over, and 1 for 12 from 3. This from a guy who has been solidly 40% or better each of the last three seasons. Uh, and that's what's a little scary. We saw the Miami Heat uh, the last couple of games prior to that matchup against New Orleans last night. And going into it, Duncan Robinson had an 0 for from 3. 
and that just terrified me. And obviously there was reason why, because he lit up the Hornets from beyond the arc. Uh, hopefully Charlotte can keep Maxie's shooting percentages down for at least one more night tonight hosting the Sixers, but I think he will be a factor either way. He, he almost always is really, really strong player. And again, having a career year, averaging 26 points, almost seven assists, four rebounds per game. All those across the board are career highs. Where would you like to go next? Stat to watch or a Hornet to watch? I'm going to go Hornet to watch. Let's just go ahead and take Gordon Hayward. Didn't have a great game last night. Nine points, three boards, four assists. Still a little bit of everything, but again, when the offense just isn't there, then it just feels like Gordon, quite frankly, isn't there. Four at ten shooting, one for four beyond the arc. Didn't even get to the free throw line, which is rare for Gordon Hayward. He's a guy that usually likes to initiate contact, and especially early, to try to get a foul call. And There were a lot of times where there was not any foul calls anywhere, and the Hornets were looking for them in the game last night, but I digress before I might get fined myself, but I just want to see a good bounce back game from Gordon Hayward. going to be a little bit of a mixed bag on the other side about who he's going to go up against. Is it going to be Nick Batum, Tobias Harris, those kind of those stretch guys, those swing guys that have a little bit of length that are kind of interchangeable in the wing, front court, whatever you want to call it. So I just want to see Gordon Hayward have a better game than last night. I don't think that's going to be a tough task by any stretch of the imagination. He's bound to have very good bounce back games. We've seen it all throughout his career, so he's going to be my player to watch. I like it. I'm going to go with another wing here. I'm going to go with Miles Bridges. I thought he he had the game that I was asking for him to have last night, uh, where he was just a, a little bit louder. He was a bit more authoritative. Uh, he's knocked down a three in every game this year. He's scoring at a really high level. He's north of 20 points per game again now, so you know, basically having a career year. The 27 points last night, plus the 10 rebounds were badly needed. His fourth double-double of the campaign, but I think when Charlotte does get its guys back, particularly LaMelo, the design is for Miles Bridges to be a part of the big three. It should be LaMelo, Miles, and Terry. And part of being a big three doesn't mean that you have to score 30 every night, but you do need to be one of those go-to options and someone who can knock down really big shots. And we have seen that from Miles Bridges. He hit the game winners against both Boston and Washington. Uh, They're around Thanksgiving in November, just before LaMelo went down due to injury. Uh, that really sparked the Hornets and sparked the imagination of a lot of Hornets fans for what this team could end up becoming. I think we need to see a little bit more of that Miles Bridges here as the Hornets continue to try and find answers for playing without LaMelo Ball. Last but not least, we need a stat to watch. I think this is a cop-out too, but I got to go with it. It's the fouls. I mean, the fouling has got to be a point of emphasis here for the Hornets. They end up committing 24 in the game yesterday, and I know some of them were towards the end where they were playing a foul game and just trying to extend it, but Pelicans end up going 27 for 32 at the stripe. If you look at it on the other side, for the 76ers, they got fouled 25 times in the game by Detroit. They went to the free throw line 31 times and made 28 of them. So that game wasn't even close, and they still were able to equate basically the same amount of free throws that the Pelicans were able to do there towards the end of the game when the Hornets were just trying to extend the game last night. So I say all that to just try to limit the fouling. I know Joel Embiid really likes to embellish contact a lot, if you want to call it that. I don't know how he hasn't gotten a flopping call yet against him this year, but I digress. Again, I'm going to stop talking now before I possibly get fined. So it's just something that the Hornets really have to keen in on. Show your hands. Try to keep everybody in front of you the best you can. I know Steve Clifford's talked about it several times this year about how the point of the breakdown defensively begins at the point of attack with the ball where the man's just not staying in front of 
the ball or whoever has it whenever either they're driving or they're getting a screen in front of them or they're just swinging the ball around the perimeter. So I know it's been an issue for the Hornets this year defensively, but you just got to be able to limit the fouling. You cannot let the Sixers beat you at the free throw line. I know they've done it to a lot of the teams on the lower end of the Eastern Conference here over the last week or so, but Charlotte just doesn't want to be part of that trend, and that's why the fouls are definitely a stat to watch tonight. Yeah, I can't argue with it, Rob Longo, and sometimes there's like phases of the NBA and how games are officiated. I think for a while there, in like the Shaq era, it felt like the big man did not get the benefit of a lot of calls, and you would literally have to hack Shaq to get him to the line or, or intentionally foul him, and now we're in one where there's a lot of really skilled big mans who know how to draw contact and are very good at it and get themselves to the line a ton. And Jonas Valanciunas last night didn't do it a lot, but he showed an ability to get to the free throw stripe nonetheless. And Joel Embiid might be the best there ever was at it. So it's definitely a challenge to defend him without fouling, but that's definitely the task at hand here for the Hornets tonight. That said, my stat to watch is going to be turnovers. Like you mentioned earlier, it's something the Hornets did well last time around on the season. Look, Philadelphia is a good team. They're 10 games over 500. They don't lose a lot in general, but one area where they're a lot closer to 500 is when they lose the turnover margin. So uh, that's something that I think Charlotte can tap into if they protect the basketball. They are a good shooting team. I think they can work the ball around and, and shoot a higher percentage tonight than they did last night. And turning back to last season where there were so many injuries and so many absences and so many issues for the Charlotte Hornets, the one game that they did beat the Philadelphia 76ers. They ended up going 1-2 and two last year against Philly. But the one game that they won, it was the game that they won the turnover margin. Final turnovers in that one. Charlotte committed 15. The 76ers committed 19. Now, that's also the game Joel Embiid didn't play. But turnovers might be just as big as, all right, they're not as big as Joel Embiid not playing. But look, it's a significant stat. And protecting the ball is important. Again, this Hornets team is a good shooting team. So if you don't give away possessions, if you are able to fire at the rim, I trust in guys like Terry Rozier and Brandon Miller and others to knock it down. So turnovers is going to be my stat to watch. Tickets for tonight's game are available right now at Hornets.com. Would love to see at the Hive. It's one of two remaining opportunities here in the calendar year to see your Hornets. The last one will be a week from today. Next Saturday, Hornets will host the Denver Nuggets, the defending reigning NBA champions. Love to see you at that one as well. Tickets for that one available at Hornets.com. Rob Longi would get you those tickets for Christmas, but I know you already have a seat. Yeah, I don't know if it's the best one in the house, but it might be the second best. Well, we appreciate you uh, manning the command center here and uh, taking care of us on the Hornets Radio Network and look forward to seeing you tonight for some more Hornets Hoops action. Yeah, it's crazy how time flies. I can't believe we only have two more home games left in 2023. I mean, that boggles my mind. There it is. Game number 24 of the season. Charlotte will be hosting the Philadelphia 76ers. Look forward to bringing that one to you tonight on the Hornets Radio Network. Till then, for Rob Longo, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. We'll talk to you tomorrow with a game recap edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.